0: Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life, as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope you're having a good day out there today. And Today, we're talking about what makes you great or what makes a great someone in any given profession. Now for me, this is very much from the lens of a physical therapist. And this was something I was asked by a mentor of mine, uh, both a little while ago and then, to continue to reflect on throughout my career for myself. And I thought I'd just share this thought process with y'all and encourage you guys to take this up for yourself too. And so I get this message one day from him And he asked me to really say, okay, I want you to write down and list the top three things that make a great PT. Right, and this is very obviously not quoted out of some textbook, this is not from a certain source, this is very much me coming up with this, discovering this for myself. And so thinking about, okay, what truly makes a great PT? And so I'll share his first. And what he told me were his top three things. Number one, treat the patient as a family. As if they were your family member. Number two, use evidence-based reasoning when possible. And number three, do as little biopsychosocial harm as possible. Right, I think, you know, we all have the Hippocratic Oath. We all the do no harm. But are we really staying diligent with that do no harm to every aspect of the meeting? And I think that the answer, as we all truly deeply reflect on it, is saying, hey, not intentionally doing harm, but I think that uh, we can all be a little bit more mindful, a little more intentional with every step of everything that we do. And so it was interesting for me where when I was first reflecting on this, you know, pretty young in my career reflections for what make a great PT were very much skill based, clinical reasoning based, accuracy based, um, very early on. And those were important to me at the time. And as I developed and altered my skills, my reasoning, my perspective, the, all the different things I focused on, right, so did my values, So did the things that made a great physical therapy therapist in my mind, they changed. And they should change throughout your career, right? They should either with, as more evidence is presented, it should either increase your confidence in that for yourself, or it should allow you to help to partially refute that and refine it over time. And I think that's a big, big factor that we all need to consider, right? It's not just saying these things out loud or writing them down, but it's the process of going back to reflecting them. So, my big three for makes a great PT. Number one, empowering the patient with clarity and perceived control. Number two is an optimal salient tissue loading. Number three, number three is see the larger jerk larger journey for the patient and for yourself and for me these things they all paint a much clearer picture of what makes a great physical therapist compared to my previous more uh, superficial if we will notions of these areas right so if I break them down one by one it's empowering a patient through clarity and perceived control do they have a clear message of what's actually going on and not clarity in terms of how much detail can I pack in there But truly clarity. Do they understand what's going on and perceive control? Whether they actually have control or not, right, is not the important matter, right? The important matter is that they perceive they have control. And this might sound a little tricky. This might sound like, you know, trying to manipulate people. Um, Maybe it is using manipulation skills, but, you know, for their betterment and with the good ethics at hand to be able to do that. And so, you know, there are many times where, you know, you can try two or three different options, two different, three avenues that address the same goal, get the same goal the same way, but just present externally a little bit different and allowing patients a choice in the matter, right? And it's between two good choices that are both very effective and have good efficacy that you want, right? But give them that perceived control. Might put the locus of control back in their hands. That is a very heal, very much a healing power for them in so many ways of life. Uh, then, optimal salient tissue loading. This was my take from all my other kind of biomechanic focus expertise um, and you know, desires to optimize, to normalize movement, to make movement except within an acceptable range. Yeah, every tissue in the body, whether it's overstressed, overstrained. Um, underutilized, right? There is a certain amount of loading or lack thereof going on. Well, let's make that optimal, right? Let's optimize that as attempting, right? And this big, bold claim for our profession to be movement optimalists. Okay, let's see what we can do. And with that being said, let's make it salient, meaning does this connect to the person, right? If I'm treating the soccer and volleyball athlete that I treated yesterday, but I don't touch on aspects of her sport, I'm underserving her, right? Even if it's like, okay, you need to work on certain stability, certain muscles, certain patterns and everything. Oh, by the way, what does this position look like to you? Oh, it kind of looks like a volleyball bump. Perfect, right? So now you've got this foundation. After we practice this for a couple minutes, we're going to add a volleyball bump into this motion. All right. So in that way, it's more of an integration in their day, not an interruption of their day. All right? How can we make rehab more of an integration, not an interruption? And then number three. All right. See the larger journey, and I, I like how I include both for the patient and for myself or the therapist and this was something where I was originally kind of on my top two for a while I'm like hey these these two like I don't know what my third one is right it's like I don't know if I need a third one because these those first two cover so so much of it for me but I think this third one about seeing the larger journey just is that kind of zoom out perspective oftentimes we get detail we see the magnifying glass um, we do look at the whole person but it's still very much like hey in this episode of rehab care um whether for you know this day this treatment this month this you know this season right when this person leaves your care how are they as a person how are they as a resilient individual throughout the duration of the rest of their life what have you laid down for them for education positive or negative and their understanding about their body and their movements throughout life that relate to how they go forward? Do they think that they have to do one particular exercise for the rest of their life from a fear-based standpoint? Even if they feel good, right? I think in some ways we've kind of failed them. Because if they leave being afraid of something, right? And taking kind of undue action because of it and not integrating things, right? Again, the integration versus interruption. Are they consistently interrupting their life? because of something with fear, that's not cool. However, are they integrating some principles of movement into their life? Again, maybe a small aspect out of fear, but mostly because, hey, I'm doing this for me, I'm doing this for my body, it's what I need. Hey, that's a little taste of victory right there. So in the larger journey for them, where are we leaving them? Like, Where are we truly, truly leaving them? And would we want to get left there, right? With the knowledge we have, would we want to get left while we're leaving them? I think see the larger journey for yourself too, right? Every patient, every interaction is a huge learning experience, right? Huge learning experience. We can take so much from that. So see your own growth too. And that's not selfish at all. That's very important because every lesson you take is gonna be important for the next patient, right? And yeah, unfortunately, sometimes early in your career, you mess up, you make mistakes. Um, Hopefully, the mistakes get less and less costly. Hopefully, they get less and less um, impactful. Hopefully, you can cover them up quicker. And I don't mean cover them up, brush them under the rug, but truly resolve it with that patient. Or at least the next one. So, those are my three for what makes a great PT. Empowering patients with clarity and perceived control. Optimal, salient tissue loading. And seeing the larger journey for the patient and yourself. So I encourage you all to think, right? Those are my top three. Everybody else, everybody has different ones. What's your top three for what makes a great PT? And if this isn't you, right? If you're not a PT, you got some other healthcare profession or some other profession in general, right? Or you're young and you're trying to figure out what to do in life. Or you're old, you're trying to figure out what to do in life, right? Or somewhere in between on that spectrum. Whatever it is that you're kind of interested in, or that you're doing, or you're living your passion, or you're trying to get on that grind, what makes someone great at that, right? What makes a great firefighter? What makes a great lawyer? What makes a great policeman? What makes a great accountant? What makes a great teacher? Top three things. Then reflect, refine over time. And again, all this stuff, right? I really want to highlight these principles of integrate into your day, not interrupt your day. Because that is where the true growth and blessings occur. All right, y'all. Simply, now do you see?